0: In due course, the plates were delivered to Joseph Smith, who translated them by the gift and power of God. Introduction, Book of Mormon Hey listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central. This is the eighth in a series of know-whys looking at the question of why New Testament words and phrases are in the Book of Mormon. Today's podcast addresses the question, were these expressions part of Joseph Smith's linguistic toolbox? The segments in this series up to this point have focused on possible ancient sources for the New Testament type language that is found in the Book of Mormon, working with the assumption that many of these words and phrases would have been found on the plates of Mormon delivered to Joseph Smith. It is also arguable, however, that much of what is recognized as New Testament language first entered into the text of the Book of Mormon at the level of the English translation. If this was the case, then the question arises of exactly how? and why New Testament phrases, verses, and at times, entire passages, ended up in the English translation of the Nephite text. Was Joseph Smith himself responsible for adding New Testament material beyond what was in the original text? Did he have many parts of the New Testament memorized, and was able to recall them verbatim while dictating the text? Or did he have a Bible or other manuscript with him, from which he read as he found appropriate? In giving any answer to these types of questions, it would be helpful to consider how the process of translation may have functioned regarding the Book of Mormon. While Joseph Smith never publicly revealed much about how it worked in the preface to the 1830 edition of the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith wrote, I would inform you that I translated the book by the gift and power of God, a phrase that he repeated often and consistently. When asked for specifics about the process involved, he once asserted, that it was not intended to tell the world all the particulars of the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. Scholars who have looked at this issue have suggested theories that fall into at least two camps, that the divine process involved in the translation of the gold plates maintained either one, a loose, or two, a tight control over the resulting translation of the text. This Know Why, Part 8, will focus mainly on the loose control theory of translation which has been described as follows. Ideas were revealed to Joseph Smith and he put those ideas into his own language. A subsequent No why part 9, will analyze the tight control or word-for-word theory of translation. In either case, it is quite likely that Joseph Smith and others in his day understood and used the word translate in certain ways that are not so familiar to readers today. The 1828 Webster's Dictionary of the American Language included several possible meanings among its definitions of the word translate, namely, to interpret, or to render into another language, or to express the sense of one language in the words of another. So the idea of translating from one language to another in Joseph Smith's day could allow some latitude in the meaning of expressing the sense of one text into a second language. Thus Joseph's use of the word translated Need not necessarily signal a rigid word for word or mechanically literal translation of the words on the plates. And whether Joseph's translation process was tight or loose, it may have resulted in either a literalistic or a more idiomatic functional translation, as it expressed in English the most appropriate meaning of what was on the plates, using English words and phrases familiar to Joseph himself and also understandable by his immediate or subsequent audiences. And, of course, it is very likely that Joseph Smith's ordinary language included biblical expressions that were common in the early 1800s. Biblical language saturated American English at that time. Thus, in the theory of loose control, it is possible that some of the biblical phrases could have appeared in the translation through Joseph's natural language, without him thinking consciously about, and perhaps not even being aware of, where those phrases appear in the New Testament. It is also conceivable that Joseph may have heard or learned by heart some popular New Testament passages, which the Spirit then called up from his mind as they were then woven into the translation, because they made good contextual, although not necessarily literal sense. Thus, perhaps what we, with careful comparison, identify as New Testament language, did not appear precisely that way on the plates. Instead, what prophets and scribes recorded on the plates was close enough to a New Testament thought, saying or teaching, with which Joseph was familiar, that the resemblance primed his revelatory mode in such a way that the New Testament language came out in the translation. While all that is possible, the sizable number of similarities and how often they are blended seamlessly with unique passages or modified in such sophisticated ways makes it difficult to believe that Joseph was working deliberately for memory. When considering whether Joseph could have produced all of the Isaiah chapters in the Book of Mormon by memory, Latter-day Saint scholar Kevin Barney argued, while this is possible, to memorize so many chapters of Isaiah King James Version near verbatim would be a prodigious feat indeed. The late Latter-day Saint Apostle Elder B.H. Roberts brought up the possibility that Joseph could have copied out of a Bible when he came across passages that he knew were parallel to biblical scripture. He once postulated, quote, when Joseph Smith saw that the Nephite record was quoting the prophets of Isaiah, of Malachi, or the words of the Savior, he took the English Bible and compared these phrases as far as they paralleled each other, and finding that in substance, in thought, they were alike, he adopted our English translation. Close quote. However, one must wonder, is it possible that when Joseph came across something that seemed similar to a biblical passage, he picked up a copy of the King James version of the Bible, turned precisely to the right page, found the expression he was looking for, and read it to his scribe? There are many problems with the idea that Joseph Smith had and opened a Bible, located verses, and read from it as he went along in the translation process. It is unlikely for several reasons. Number one, there is no evidence that he had his own Bible before the end of 1829. Two, eyewitnesses such as Emma said that he used no books, notes, or Bible in dictating the English words of the Book of Mormon. Three, No witness or close associate involved in any way in the coming forth of the Book of Mormon ever claimed that Joseph had or used a Bible. Number four, no hostile observers ever report or suggest that Joseph had a Bible while translating. Number five, if Joseph were using a King James Bible, he would have to have done extensive study, memorization, and sometimes alteration of the text before dictating due to the complex composite quotations, blending of texts, and sometimes extensive but precise modifications made to the quoted biblical texts and 6 with his eyes usually looking into his hat there would be no place for a bible within the field of his vision latter day saint scholar grant hardy stated it this way quote this explanation of joseph smith reading from a bible does not account for the irregularities that we see some of the alterations increase parallelism or make isaiah easier to understand while others fragment the text or make it more obscure. The situation is further complicated by the fact that Joseph's wife, Emma, asserted that he never worked from a book or manuscript, which would have included a Bible, and there are no reports of Joseph having the kind of prodigious memory that would allow him to quote scripture by chapter. Close quote. After Joseph's death, Emma would tell her son Joseph Smith III, quote, The Book of Mormon is of divine authenticity. I have not the slightest doubt of it, I am satisfied that no man could have dictated the writing of the manuscripts unless he was inspired. For, when acting as his scribe, your father would dictate to me for hour after hour, and when returning after meals or after interruptions, he would at once begin where he had left off without either seeing the manuscript or having any portion of it read to him. Close quote. Oliver Cowdery, who served as Joseph's scribe for most of the translation, likewise saw the process as inspired. He declared, These were days never to be forgotten, to sit under the sound of a voice dictated by the inspiration of heaven. The witnesses of Joseph's process or translation of the Book of Mormon agree that it was inspired and miraculous. We do not know for sure how the process of translation worked, except that the work was done, as Joseph always claimed, by the gift and power of God. Although the Lord clearly used Joseph Smith, with his faith and intellect, as an instrument to accomplish the English translation, The documentary evidence available strongly suggests that the words of the translation were given to Joseph by revelation, and that somehow he read and then dictated those words to his scribes. The next know-why in this series will thus turn greater attention to the likelihood that New Testament phrases and passages were introduced into the Book of Mormon translation through a tight control, or word-for-word revelation of the text. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.